1: Yeah, what's up? Uh, team event was uh, pretty good. You know, got a little bit of a climactic finish there uh, with the playoff. Although Louis kind of ruined that uh, right off the bat by hitting it into the water, but um, Team Mullet ended up pulling out the victory. So uh, congratulations to them. I was kind of rooting for Louis just because uh, he hadn't had a win in North America, and then could have locked up Charles Schwartel, uh, PGA Tour card for another couple of years. But, but um, in the end, you know, I like Cam Smith a lot. So. Happy to see them win and happy to have Tambo back. Uh, Nice hit in the MLB streets uh, while you were making lineups on vacation.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. It's certainly fun to be back. It was a good little getaway. We talked a little before the show. It's a bit stressful with two children, but, uh, you know, it's always a good thing to get away, take a break, clear your head a little bit. The mountain air was nice and fresh. And, yes, certainly shipping an MLB GPP helps as well. Uh, Missed the week. I I teased with Kenny yesterday. I said I really only did catch, like, the last – few holes so I got to see the Louis shot into the water but looking into the setup I said what what else is new Cam Smith wins in a playoff at the Zurich second win there Finau fades on a Sunday and Louis goes into second place like he always does so basically I didn't miss much it was a regular week of PGA but it
0: was good to get away it was good to have a week off happy to be back here with you guys yeah. My hot take in last week's survey was that uh, Leishman and Smith would miss the cut. So I was almost on with that one. <laughs> uh, just missed it. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, can only go up from there. Uh, so yeah, I had some decent lineups actually had, I think this, they, they didn't have the old, uh, cut sweats and all that stuff. Uh, and data golf didn't have all their stuff going, uh, with all their, you know, six to six and cut line projections throughout the week with the, with the goofy format. But, uh, I think the six to six percentage was somewhere around like 1.8 to 2.2%, uh, depending on, you know, what contest you were in. So I had one six to six that was live, uh, was in like eighth or ninth place at one point on Saturday, but uh, not having the winner, uh, and that being a team that was relatively chalky was uh, obviously a, a, a death sentence for that lineup at the end. I think I finished, you know, 40th or 50th something like that. But uh, if you had a six out of six with with uh, Leishman and Smith, you certainly had a chance to take down some money last week. But uh, uh Noto, any other takeaways from the event uh, for you.
1: No, oh, not really. Pretty bad week for me. I uh, only made one lineup, ended up going on a golfing trip with some friends. So uh, having that lineup uh, okay. fall apart by Friday was actually pretty nice. You know, didn't have to check the phone Saturday and Sunday while I was playing golf. So, uh, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I'm ready to get back to stroke play. Those things are fun, but uh, once a year uh, is fine with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it made it a little more fun to sweat. But uh, yeah, once a year is, is fine for sure. Uh, with the best ball format and everybody kind of shooting 7-8 under par there. I mean, it, heading into Sunday, there was like the, the worst team that made the cut was 10 under and the best team was 19 under, so there wasn't a whole lot separating the teams uh, heading into Sunday and uh, just a little bit of a, a weird vibe with that tournament. But it was nice to have some DFS for it. And uh, we'll get back uh, to this week with the Valspar, which was canceled last year. Uh, due to COVID it was a casualty from the uh, the schedule once everything resumed Uh, and we've got some issues here this year we've already had four players withdraw uh, with positive COVID tests this week and all of them played last week at uh, at the team event so you know there could be more I mean you got uh, Hatton withdrew this afternoon he's probably the biggest name that has withdrawn and his partner from last week Danny Willett is still in the field it shocks me that they wouldn't you know make him withdraw just out of safety more than anything else but there might be more news uh, I guess as we uh, head towards Thursday so make sure you keep an eye on it Uh, we do have all the current withdrawals removed as of the time of this live taping on Tuesday night all of the withdrawals have been removed from lineup HQ anybody that's been added has been uh, has been added so uh, it's been a little bit of a chaotic week as far as projections and uh, keeping that up to date but uh, make sure you're you're checking the withdrawal news this week there could potentially be more dominoes to fall with that so um tambo how are you kind of handling the uh, the field this week i mean we've got 156 in the field for the first time in quite a while and uh, we've got some withdrawal news and a difficult course here this week so uh, i'd imagine that you know it's going to be kind of tough to get six to six this week
2: yeah i think you just said it best there the six to six is going to be the biggest thing We're we're always going after that as it is but this week is Going to be especially difficult. I think, I can't remember what the Valero had. It was close, but it was very similar. But we're getting back to the norm here. Like you said, a large field. Obviously, guys are dropping like flies. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. For me, back to the basics. We'll talk about some of it. But the good thing is, you know, we've got a course here that we know pretty well. So I know Noto will break it down for us here in a second, but we're going back to a course that we know. Uh, We've got some guys in the field. It is a little bit stronger than normal, it seems. There's some guys that are playing some really good golf, so definitely will be some decisions to make, but just the norm. And then you and I, I believe you're on with me tomorrow night, we'll break down the Lineup HQ show going even more in-depth. Today we'll sort of talk about our favorite picks and plays and why and why not with certain guys, and tomorrow we'll talk about putting them all together. But I'm excited, man. It's another stroke play event. Like Noto said, once a year is good for that. That's kind of why I took the week off. So happy to get back to this one for sure.
0: Yeah, it should be an interesting event. Challenging course on tap this week. We haven't seen uh, the, uh, the winning score get too low here. Most years Um, it's uh, you know, 10, nine, sometimes eight, seven under par one year. I believe it got to minus 14, but um, Innisbrook resort, Copperhead course will be the host. We're down in Florida again this week and uh, I believe a par 71 that still has four par fives and, three par threes so uh, Nota, thoughts on the uh, the course here this week
1: yeah difficult course Uh five par threes actually Um yeah that's what all, I meant if I said yeah, it yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all over 195 yards and uh, all four of the par fives are over 560 yards so even though it measures over 7300 yards in total uh, the course is a lot shorter than that uh, it's typically a less than driver course Uh, Unless you're asking uh, Matt Wiley, um, he says less than iron course, (laughs) which uh, a lot of people were giving him crap for on Twitter. But um, so you're going to see a lot of people club down off the tee. And even with that, uh, the fairways are still hard to hit and the greens themselves really hard to hit. They're pretty small on average. They're Bermuda and going to create a lot of scrambling opportunities. Um, This is the last Florida course on the PGA Tour schedule for the year. And uh, this is a little bit different in that uh, the fairways are tree-lined here, so you can get into some tree trouble here. Water is in play on about half the holes. You have the famous snake pit uh, that you'll hear a lot about this week, uh, that three-hole tough stretch there. So it's going to play tough. It looks like Sunday is going to be extremely windy, which is only going to make it worse. Uh, And it's a rare week where I'm looking mostly at iron play and around the green play. Uh, We have seen a lot of bad putters uh, play well here. We talk about it a lot when the greens are smaller. That kind of gives an edge to ball strikers because you got to be accurate with your irons and then less likely to three putt and, you know, because you're going to have more scrambling opportunities and you're not going to have as long a putt. So for me, fairways, irons, and around the green. And uh, I'm willing to take some chances with some bad putters. And that hasn't been the case for a while. Um, Getting back to my roots here.
0: (laughs) Agree, will be the first guy in the lineup for Noto (laughs) this week. All right. So uh, Tambo, kind of golfers you looking at here this week?
2: Lot of the same to what nota just mentioned i think that's you know a common theme i know there, you know a lot of correlation courses get thrown around with it some of the ones i look at whether it's right or wrong to me it's just stuff i've seen work out in the past year i've had some decent results at this one but um you know heritage which they just played before the team event i think that lines up with it the players there's just certain things that still add up and make sense with those courses so i'll bring some of that stuff across the other thing here is to just remember you know coming into this event couple things and it'll, it'll definitely be talked about when we get and segue here in a second to JT and Dustin Johnson, but the PGA championship is coming up in, you know, what is it a month now away that we're going to see that. So there is some guys getting ready, you know, get they want to get into form here. They're actually going to come out and, you know, need to put up a good set, uh, a good week here and, and set up well for that tournament. And then a guy like Justin Thomas, you know, he's playing Wells Fargo here next week at the quail hollow course that he won the PGA championship on back in 2017. So uh, a lot of guys are getting tuned up and, and you'd say, well, don't the best always come to play. Yes. You would expect that. But I'm just saying that's going to be a common decision. Cause yesterday when I went through this whole entire field with Kenny, it looked like the balanced builds would be the most common. And we're going to talk about it here as well. That's not going to change. We're going to talk about all those names, but I do think there is something to be said for these guys right at the very top and JT and Dustin Johnson that can still tie in. And maybe this week could even make your lineups unique in that sense.
0: All right. If you want the scoop on the withdrawals, if you haven't uh, caught them before you're listening to the show, uh, Cameron Champ was uh, a withdraw on Monday. That was not a COVID related withdrawal. Just he's just out. Uh, And then the COVID, the positive COVID test, four of them um bryce garnett will gordon Sepp straka and tyrell hatton so uh, and potentially danny willett though that has not uh, been confirmed or announced or anything but he was hatton's partner last week so possible that uh, that he might have to withdraw as well and who knows there could be others so um you know potential for several guys to have picked it up from the same spot there last week with the team event at the zurich so Keep a close eye on it this week. As of the time we are taping, those are the players who are out. Um, and with that, we can probably go ahead and get into it. Uh, as the guys mentioned there, difficult course. Um, scrambling opportunities will be plentiful. Iron play, as always, critical. Uh, and, you know, par's a good score on a lot of these holes. So let's talk about the top. Tambo hinted at it. Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, those are your two golfers above 11K on DraftKings this week. We've got Hovland, Reed, and two-time defending champion Paul Casey also above 10K. Uh, Of course, defending champion going back two years with this event not having taken place last year. So, uh, Noto, how are you parsing out those top five?
1: Yeah, like Tambo mentioned, uh, I do think the balance build is going to be a little bit uh, more popular than starting with a guy in the 10K range. And uh, I kind of agree with that just because you can get you know two, even three of the guys in the 9Ks compared to... No, just one in the 10 uh, and then one in the nines. Um, You know, JT, if you sort by strokes gained on the four courses in Florida that we typically see each year on the PGA Tour, he's number one in the field. Obviously won uh, the players a little while ago. Been in really good form other than, you know, that one bad hole at Augusta National. So I don't mind him up there. Dustin Johnson, I really want to buy low on the ownership, but he's not at his best in Florida. Uh, He's lost on approach in three straight if you include the Masters um, and look at his data from that. So I worry about that a little bit. Uh, Victor Hovland says he doesn't love Florida golf. Um, He's never played here, at least competitively. So that worries me a little bit. So my favorite two in the 10K is going to be Patrick Reed and Paul Casey. Uh, Reed's had two seconds here and a seventh. Um, He's a guy that not a lot of people like to play, uh, myself and Justin included. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it seems like a good course fit. You know, it's shorter. Can't get into a ton of trouble off the tee. Very good short game. Then Paul Casey going for his third win here. Um, in a row which is kind of crazy i heard a stat today it's been done nine times and uh, tiger's done it seven times or something crazy like that um this goes to show how dominant tiger was but yeah casey's been in good form i know he missed the cut his last time out but uh, that wasn't typically his best course uh, especially when it's been right after the masters so uh, i like casey and reed and then uh, probably a little bit of a sprinkle of jt
0: all right tambo your thoughts on that top range Yeah. I agree with a couple of things there. You know, the Hovland factor
2: for sure. I mean, I like him, his stats pop for me, things like that. But one of the, you know, like you mentioned before that quote seems to be true. The Florida courses thing, you know, I've went the other way on it and tried to get it correct. And it just never seems to go that way for me. And then the second part is just this, we talked about a little bit at the top, but this just isn't a course that you want to show up to for the first time and expect to come out. And at that price would need to do quite a bit. So uh, I do like Patrick Reed underneath him there. Uh, I'm in, as I talked about on JT and DJ at the top, more so just to get you know, sort of certain sets of builds cards and I will go through it tomorrow night. But I, I think that again, with what you said there, note and everyone in on Casey. And, and then we're going to get to, of course, Corey Connors here, but uh, a lot of people are going to be setting their builds up that way. And, and for good reason, the way the, the whole pool shakes out, it probably makes some sense, but I've got some guys in the 6k range. Let me get down there that I've got some interest in and you don't necessarily have to have all of those guys in or multiples. It's just, you can make it work still with JT and DJ and, and JT's approach game is just always top notch. He's a winner. All the time, you know, DJ as well. So, you know, I don't mind mixing those guys around. So, JT, DJ, and Reed for me, I'm going to, you know, go against Casey here, especially if the ownership's really coming in. I can't, I didn't pull it up yet, Cards. What do you have Casey's ownership projected for right oh, now? I'm going to get off in the meantime.
0: All five of these guys are between 12 and 18. So, okay. you know, yeah. not much it was lower than
1: I thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not much separating the group. He
2: doesn't seem like a guy people would have a lot of confidence in regardless, even if he did win the thing two times in a row, which he did. So, uh, you know, that's interesting to see with Reed being the same, but I I still, I was, I liked Reed more anyway, coming in Reed looked pretty good at the masters. And that's another spot where you need some good around the green play and some putter and and things like that. So his game just lines up well, and he's got a pretty good course history of his own here coming in strong. So I think, uh, you know, Reed, DJ and JT for
0: me. All right. Uh, I'll just cooler all of you and, and say, I'm going to play Reed this week. And then that way it just uh, <laughs> dumps the Gatorade bucket for everyone. Um, <laughs> Cause it, I mean, it is hard to separate these players. I think Thomas is probably my favorite. I do like Hoblin and GPPs. I think if anything, his ownership is maybe trending down a little bit with those comments that you guys mentioned. And you know, the fact that his form has dipped a bit over the last few weeks, but uh, um, you know, he can dial it in with his irons and, uh, and, and, and get it in close on some of these holes, then. Uh, and, and he played fairly well with, with Chris Ventura last week. Uh, they didn't make anything on Sunday, but otherwise had a pretty solid first three days. So, um, not too concerned about Hovland in the long run. I had originally had him as my favorite tournament play of the week, but I backed off that um, my, since my original stance. So, um, I like him. Don't like him quite as much as I did on first glance, but uh, I'll still probably be overweight compared to the field on Hovland. Um, Casey and Reed I mean I think there are certainly safer options there and and you could certainly start cash game build with uh, with one or both of those guys so uh, the chalk comes in right at the top end of that 9k range with Connors uh, who just continues to play well and continues to garner a lot of ownership uh, I mean if there is a a, a a hitch in his game it's the short game and you know with the smaller greens and the scrambling opportunities here I mean uh, Noto uh, you mentioned Possibly targeting bad putters this week, but what do we do with Connors at what appears to be super chalk?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely going to be the most, uh you know, heaviest owned golfer probably in the entire field, but it's hard not to like him. One of the better iron players in the field. T16 here in his debut. He's been a top 15 machine for like eight months now. Uh, so he's chalked that I'd expect to play well, um, kind of checks all the boxes. And the only argument you can really make against him is the ownership. And, when that's typically the case when it's not somebody that's really cheap. um, I typically just play him. So I'll have some Connors for sure. Uh, But there's a lot of good plays if you do want to get off of him. I like Louis Oostezen quite a bit. He's got some really good course history. He's been playing great uh, all year. And, um, yeah, he's a good putter now. Um, The putter just come alive over the last six months or so. Abraham Answers, six straight top 30 finishes. Played well here in 2018. He's one of those guys that just doesn't make mistakes. So um, on a difficult course, I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, Love Sung Jae. He's probably my favorite play in the range. Um, If you just sort by um, strokes game total on Florida courses, he's number two behind JT in this field. Uh, Finally found his irons at the RBC Heritage, gained three and a half on approach. Played well here in his debut, T4. Anytime you get him on shorter Bermuda courses, especially in Florida, I'm going to play Sung Jae. Like him as an outright bet as well. And then at the very bottom of the range, I like Russell Henley. Again, one of the better iron players in the field. Um, he's had back-to-back top tens on the to- or in two of his last three starts, and then one of those was in Florida. So um, you kind of got that going for you. all comes down to his short game. Um, and he can be a little bit hit or miss, but you expect him to be in the fairway and you expect him to be throwing darts at these pins. So a um, lot of good plays here. Um, just by process of elimination, I'm probably going to be underweight on Scheffler and Neiman, but I don't think they're bad plays by any means.
0: Yeah, Scheffler does seem a bit expensive. Neiman is actually the only player in the field with more than ten events, uh, who hasn't missed a cut all year. So uh, win yourself some trivia with that one. But uh, you know, I, I think Neiman's fine. Um, Scheffler, I just the price tag seems a little, a little high uh, for me. But uh, I don't know the one I'm debating is Connors at that ownership. It just what I mean. You mentioned who a fine play. Answers a fine play. M's a fine play. You know it. Henley at 9k is a fine play so uh, just from a game theory perspective I'm struggling with with how to handle Connors at 25% this week so Tambo your takes on this 9k range
2: got to bring the dad joke right quick and you know if Cam Smith last week was long hair don't care I said about Corey Connors if Corey Connors chalk or not pretty hard to knock because we knew the ownership was going to be there coming in but I'm going with the noto theory here you just play the guys you like, especially up top, right? We like getting a little bit different down below. We know there's going to be some plays down there that pick up some ownership. So uh, like I said, chalk or not, it's hard to knock. I'm going to play Corey Connors still. Uh, Hatton going out made things a lot easier for me because I really did like him. So, you know, he was, you know, now that he's out, I know that does shift a bunch more ownership to Connors, but uh, it's fine by me. I like Answer, who I'll, I'll leave to you cards. I know you like him quite a bit, but to Noto's point, guy's just so solid. And him and Henley are just the obvious plays here. M with Bermuda in Florida. Noto just talked about it. That's just a a classic spot for him. And then the results coming in. uh, And then Henley third at the Honda ninth at the heritage. That's two spots that I already told you I was targeting. And then his approach game at, you know, recent form, all of it is there. So that makes sense to me. Now that little trivia nugget you threw out there at the end cards, that gets me because we just talked at the top of the show, how hard it's going to be to get six out of six here and how that's the focus. And you've got a guy that absolutely never misses the cut. It would seem. And then not only that, it's not like you don't have upside in a guy like Neiman after he goes and makes that cut, he's got the capability to get up there and close it out. I I prefer usually certain tournaments or certain setups for him, but you know, this is a place where you could definitely see him come through and he's jammed right there between him and Henley who are, are garnering ownership. And I'm sure Ims will keep going up, as the week goes on, I know he's a pretty popular bet. And then with Hatton going out, uh, that just makes some sense too. So I don't know. I'm going to think about that one some more, but answer Henley Connors. And now thinking about a, a few shares of Neiman there for me.
0: All right. Uh, we got um, Kyle in the chat asking if we ever play a player just to keep pace with the field. So like Connors would be an example of that. Maybe you say, I don't want him to burn me. He's going to be 25%. I'll play my 25 to 30%. And I'll make my lineups a little bit different elsewhere. Um, uh, Tamba, I'll throw that back to you. Any thoughts on something like that?
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's a good point to bring up. We talk about it on the Wednesday show. We talk about it on the Monday show as well when I'm doing the reviews. And you see that uh, a lot of some of the best tournament players in the world do this quite often where they'll just play the field on that particular player. And we can use Corey Connors the example back at the masters when he was 6,900, I know it was the equivalent of a, you know, a 70 man event and he was definitely underpriced, but a lot of people were still nervous because typically that's the $6,900 chalk that you're a little bit nervous. You want to make some pivots. So a lot of great tournament players. And I re- reviewed this on the Monday show with TJ a couple of weeks ago, just played the field on him. But even Noto and I, when we did the Wednesday show, we talked about how you could do that. And just build your Corey Connors lineups accordingly to be a little bit unique or different than the rest of the field. So I've got no problem, w- whether they're expensive or cheap, chalk or not, to, to mix them up and just go with the, the field. I guess chalk is what we're talking about. And then build your lineups accordingly. So if you're going to play Connors, don't play another, maybe play one more guy in the you know 15% or 20% plus range. And then get unique with the rest of your lineup or
0: your build type. All right. Great answer. Noto, other thoughts on that? Otherwise you can uh, start going down to that next range with some of your favorites there.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything Tambo said and uh, like him, um, I don't mind just doing it uh, differently through roster construction. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention, if you are mass multi-entering and you're max entering the contest, if you play even with the field on Corey Connors, you're going to have more than the average user in that contest because a lot of people aren't maxing it out. So if you're playing 150, And, you know, a lot of people are playing 10, 20 lineups in that thing. You're naturally going to have more Connors lineups um, just on average, not percentage wise, but um, on average compared to the the average user, if that makes sense.
0: Yep. Yeah, good stuff there. All right, let's go ahead and dig into the 8K range. Uh, I've let Noto have first crack at the first couple ranges, so only fair that I give Tambo a shot here so we got Watson and Rose. Rose has uh, kind of started to pick up some steam again. He's getting some ownership, played well for a couple of rounds last week anyway with Stenson, who hasn't done anything all year. So uh, they're, uh, they're turning back the clock a little bit. And you got Kokrak there uh, in that 8K range. Kokrak and Chris Kirk appear to be uh, the two most popular plays there and two of the higher owned of the week behind Connors. So, uh, Tambo, what you doing in the 8K range? Yeah I bet I bet coke rack, because
2: when I saw the number that you were getting Connors to bet at uh, you know at first glance waking up on Monday morning after vacation I said this looks crazy I'll bet coke rack based on that at this point Not just because of the ownership, but because the ownership and what's around him. I never really just want to fade. I've talked about this in the past just to fade because of an ownership. We just went through it with Connors not doing it. But, you know, Kokrak up at 8,700, it's pretty much based on course history. I know his incoming form is decent, but it's not off the charts. And like you mentioned, there's guys around him like Justin Rose. Uh, You know, the putter has been what's working for him, but it does help when you're hitting all those greens like he is, and he does have a decent course history of his own here. So uh, I could get on a play like that. Uh, Hoffman's been playing some good golf. Palmer to me is maybe co-crack, but better, you know, in some cases he's plays sort of the same style game. And then you've got Grillo Kirk and I'm definitely going back to Kevin. Nah, this guy, you know, destroyed me at the heritage, but unless he withdraws it's the boomer bust play that you're going with him for. But again, you talk about scrambling, hitting greens, his ability, upside, everything that's there. The guy actually wins, you know, one win in each of the last four years, that's winning upside that not many guys in this range have. So, Rose, Palmer, Grillo, Kirk, Nah, like that's sort of the five guys I would think about right off the top.
0: All right. I know Noto's going back to uh, to Grillo this week with the uh the the bad putter narrative. So, you can lock him in. Who else you like in there, Noto?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like him. I'm a little confused why he hasn't played here much. Uh, he's only played here once, I think, in 2014, missed a cut. This seems like a perfect track for him where he doesn't have to be long off the tee, he uses iron play to his advantage. So uh, that does surprise me a little bit that he hasn't played here more. But I think he's a good option. Uh, a lot of other good plays here. Uh, you mentioned Kokrak, makes a lot of sense. Three top tens in his last five starts. Eighth in the on the PJ Tour and strokes game putting this season. So just wild, you could argue that you know, he's going to come back to the pack a little bit when it comes to his putter or if it continues then he's going to start winning events so I, I don't mind him as an outright play Hoffman's just been playing great um, he's only three of six at this event but they were all top 25s the irons have been awesome Ryan Palmer just continues to play well he's had one missed cut since July so um, gotta like that um, if you're trying to maximize your six to six odds Cameron Tringali um, three missed cuts here in a row, but. Uh, Before that, he had good course history, and he just wasn't the same golfer um, over the last couple of years. He's finally found it, so I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm sure TJ's on him because TJ loves himself some uh, Cameron Tringali, like the Kirk call. Not tagged,
0: not Not... tagged with the value tag. Well, he's too expensive. Oh, he's too expensive. Too expensive. I'm not used to that. He's always seventy something. All right. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Carry Mm -hmm. on.
1: And then Kirk, uh, he's gained at least three and a half strokes T to green in eight of his last nine events. So a guy that's just been awesome T to green. I like him as well. So a lot of good plays for me um, in this range. I don't hate the Kevin knock Um, If you're looking for upside, he's certainly a guy that could top 10 or finish dead last. That's just kind of what he brings to the table, and that's perfect for tournaments.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, and the ownership will be uh, definitely low on Kevin Nye after that last result. Uh, and the you know the the nature of him always being low on because of the the risk that he brings to the table so um and i'm not sure if it's just because nodo does not know what to do with himself because brian Harmon isn't in the field this week or Where what. Is but i was very surprised to see the orange dot here in lineup hq next to one keegan bradley um for what has to be the first time in a long time i mean I. Uh, you see you're, you're pretty fair with Keegan uh, you know you, you don't seem to really be over the top liking Keegan or or against him uh but the uh the core play tag on Keegan Bradley so you're going to sell me on that one
1: <laughs> told you I'm getting back to my roots um I think I played Keegan every event for like five straight years uh starting playing PJ DFS uh, I'm ready to get hurt again you know uh bad putters can play well here He's gained strokes on approach in 16 straight events. Uh, so you know the irons are going to be good and uh maybe he's got some uh, golf karma headed his way from the golf gods because this is where the term full Keegan came into play. Um he was winning this event First after the round worst. one and then missed the cut. Um so yeah, this is where the term came from uh going full Keegan. So I don't know. I like him. Um, his around the green is actually a lot better than you might expect. He's 21st uh, in my stat model around the green. Um, pretty much dead last in putting, but hey, uh, with these small greens, hopefully that'll help him get going a little bit. So I do like Keegan uh, in that same category. You could throw in uh, Lucas Glover, very similar game. Um, he's a little bit better putter, a little bit worse around the greens, but a pretty good track record in Florida. Strillman rates out really well for me in my model, but he's a guy that I never really loved, you know, maxing out. Um, It just makes me worried. I don't know about his upside, but I'll probably have some shares of him. And yeah, I'll let Tambo go from here.
0: So I was looking at that real quick. Uh, The leaderboard from that uh, event, the uh, full Keegan 67, 79 were the two rounds from Kevin Bradley. Uh, and I was just looking right below him and I see 70, 76, not too far off from Brian Harmon. So maybe that's why Harmon's not in the field. He's uh, not happy about that 70, 76. But bonus points, if you can give me one or both of the golfers that were in the playoff that year. From 2016, it was Mr. Schwartzel and Bill Haas oh, wow. in the playoffs. So we've come full circle here. Uh, Schwartzel <laughs> back in the mix last week with Louie, and uh, and he's in the field this week again. So I uh, I got behind Schwartzel a month or so ago at a one or two percent value. Maybe we can uh, we can you know do that again this week. We'll see. But uh, all right, Tambo, go ahead. Yeah, I was just trying to find him here Schwartzel, because uh, oh, he's sitting in the he's like 7k, 6900 something like that.
2: I say he's down the board further 71. We'll 71. 71. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I actually bet him 140 to 1. That's going to be my favorite long shot when we get to the, the expert survey this week, but uh and scores and odds. But anyway, back to this, uh just in that range. I was with Noto on Keegan. I actually did like that, you know, coming in at like, Ball Striker's Paradise. Definitely like his game. Again, upside from there. Uh, He took my, I was going to say Glover. I liked Glover as well. Give a little love to Adam Hadwin, former champion, maiden win here. But that's two things, right? You can get a maiden winner here. We've had that a few times. And then also, uh, this is a place that more than just Keegan can go full Keegan. Obviously, it's whoever the first day's leader is and then bust the next day and miss the cut. But with this type of course and, and the snake pit, man, anything can happen here. Uh, And then rounding out sort of the upper 7K range. One guy I kind of like that. I don't think as many people are talking about as far as I know. And I'm just going to do a little look up here on the old lineup HQ to see. But uh, Denny McCarthy, what is the ownership on him? Nine percent, not too bad. But anyway, a a couple good results out of him recently uh, and at courses that I like to see. So I mentioned at the top, but at the RBC Heritage, just had himself a pretty good showing there. And if you do go back to the Honda third place, finish there behind uh, Matt Jones and Brandon Haggy. So he's coming in with some form. Uh, I do like him in ninth in the only time that he played it. So, you know, that lines up for me uh, in the upper 7K range. I'm not sure if we want to do the full 7K range right now cards or what else you've got to add, but we can go to that next.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. I was just looking through the featured groups and come to find out that right before he went through, they put Hatton in a feature group. Uh, And so Hatton is out. So now we got got the barn rat in a feature group. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, got the barn rat in a feature group with Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson. Uh, so that should be uh, that should be an enjoyable watch uh, on the uh, the first couple of days of the tournament. But yeah, go ahead, Tambo. You can continue on to the bottom half of that 7K range there.
2: That, that's just a
0: perfect group, though, to having those
2: three guys it's together. I, I group, definitely yeah. want to tune into that entertainment
0: value is pretty high.
2: Yeah. So a couple guys in here that I like. So uh, one guy I'm going to take a stab on here is Lanto just because he doesn't have the history. He doesn't have anything really going on right now, but uh, he's getting back down to that price that we expect him to be at, right? We usually like him below 7K, but he's pretty close there at 7,400. Know the talents there, the upside. Uh, Sam Horsfield, another guy. Now, again, no track record here, but just taking some shots on some guys. Uh, really good history overseas, the Euro Tour, things like that. So 4th, 15th, 3rd, 8th coming in. Uh, Doug Gim, got to get back on the train here. You know He's burned everybody. Recently, so I think you can go back. His last couple of outings were decent, but not for
0: what everyone was expecting. The ele- I think, uh, was the 11th last week at the team event? Did he play? Yeah, they played pretty well. That was uh, him and Justin. So I thought they uh, they yeah, had a pretty good run was. there. So yeah,
2: I, I do like that. Heating back up before that, I know that it, you know, I it was like I made the cut, but he didn't do anything. And again, that was something that you look at, but when you look at his stats and things that line up for this course, uh, in the last 50 rounds, he's in the top 10 as far as strokes gained approach goes. So I do like him. Heard a little talk on Uline. Get your guys' opinion on him. I mean, Last week, him and Wrensky, I saw in the team event. I know he won a Corn Fairy Tour event the, the week before. So I guess that would make some sense coming in. But uh, is this where Pat and Kazai, I want to talk some flop leg here. Is this where he comes back and just crushes? We all liked him at the Heritage. Boy, 6, that was a mess. Yeah. It went, it went plus five on day one. Bounces all the way back to, I believe he missed the cup by one.
0: Yeah, he was only one or two off.
2: Yeah. So, you, you know, I, I don't know why... You wouldn't go back there. You know, JT Post, I'm naming a few more, but uh, Poston, just based on the fact of, you know, the they say it's more of a Carolinas-style course and sort of that set up for him. So I think he could be interesting. And then I think notable will for sure like Neesmith down there. But there, there's some other guys. Huh, Hoagie, Neesmith, Schwartzel, who you mentioned. There's a guy, Johnny Vegas, in there, if you want to go to him, <laughs> Cards. But, uh, hey, 7100 is your your hot zone this week, Cards. What do you think? <laughs> I'll take Schwartzel
0: over Vegas this week. What about um, Knox?
2: What about Russell Knox? Nah,
0: nah I'm kind of – Knox, we're not uh, – we're seeing other people for a while. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Schwartzel is the guy. He's my pick in there. Uh, lots of decent, I mean, playable options at that kind of 7,100 mark. Uh, Nodo, you got some thoughts on that group there?
1: Yeah, I like some very strange options in this range, uh, one of which Brandt Snedeker, who I haven't said in years – Uh, played really well um, at the Valero Texas open gained seven and a half strokes on approach, made the cut at the RBC heritage. And then he and Keith Mitchell finished T4 last week. uh, One of the stranger pairings. We we talked about
0: that being the strange pairing and then they played really well. And And they played really well. That is not going to be good for my bankroll. I'll tell you that. Uh, So so perhaps he's, uh, you know, found something
1: in his game. We know he's uh, got some decent course history here. Back-to-back top 35s here, um, and he wasn't in the best of form in those years. So don't mind Snedeker. I always like Alex Noren. Um, anytime it's kind of a short game uh, type of course, and he's typically pretty good in Florida. I like the Kazira call. I'm glad you brought him up, Tambo. He had made 10 of his previous 11 cuts and uh, just missed it. I mean, he had such a bad Thursday that he didn't have much of a shot. So it's good to see him bounce back on Friday. And then the other one's Roy Sabatini always play him on these difficult Florida tracks, uh, back-to-back top twenties here. And, uh, all those guys I mentioned under 3% ownership.
0: Yeah. Lots of guys with, uh, with pretty low ownership down here. Um, if you are playing on FanDuel, Lanto Griffin is 7,500 over there. And that is too cheap. If you're not familiar, uh, mm-hmm. your average to spend per golfer on FanDuel is 10 K it's 8,300 on DK. Uh, so Griffin is, you know, just a little below the average on, on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, he's basically min salary. I mean, most of their players at 7,000 aren't playable. And so 7,500, uh, that's just a misprice. So, uh, he will be higher owned over on FanDuel. If you're looking for a roster round out over there, uh, just figured I would pass that along quick. So Tambo, any other takes on the 7k range for you?
2: uh none specifically but i i know you did tweet this out and you just kind of hinted at it with the snedeker mitchell pairing being bad for your bankroll what are your thoughts on a one keith mitchell at 7k straight there the snedeker call sounds great noto but i gotta get Cards's thoughts on keith mitchell back you know more
0: bermuda yeah yeah. what what do you think here Seven thousand. you know i'm in for some of that uh he's in my article (laughs) this week for better or worse so uh you got a bermuda course um And, you know, he's going to, he's going to be pretty comfortable because he's golfing with Keegan. So, you know, he's not going to be the worst, uh, short game player and he's golfing with Wes Bryan, So he's not going to be the worst off the tee. So, uh, it's going to be, you know, Keith will be just fine. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like him. Um, and, and he's been playing like the form was really bad for like six months, but uh then the two starts before the team event he made a cut he finished like in the 50s and finished in the 30s and then you know fourth place finished last week so he's been coming around um i I don't think this is a bad spot to maybe take a shot uh, in gpps but full disclosure i am a keith mitchell homer so uh take that with a grain of salt if you are not interested i understand but uh there you go don't mind him he'll be in my pool Uh,
2: we'll talk tomorrow about him i think i'm in that's what i had to ask so we're not gonna Uh, hit the lock button no, we're not going to go that far, but that.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep them in there. All right, let's go into punt town here under 7K. Uh, we'll play our usual game of guess the golfer. Uh, anybody in the chat, if you are not a Roto Grinders premium subscriber, throw out some guesses. Our favorite low owned value play of the week. And uh, I promise you, it's a low, low owned value of the week in the 6Ks on DraftKings. Shout out some guesses in the YouTube chat. Uh, and we will give away a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium if anybody happens to get it right. Uh, if nobody gets it after a while, I'll give you another hint. But for now, low, low owned value. Uh, we're talking, you know, sub 2%, sub 2%, 3% owned value this week. So uh, let's go in, go ahead and start digging into our other favorites in the 6K range. Uh, Noto, what you looking at this week?
1: Yeah, so I have eight guys that uh, I've narrowed this range down to, four that are definitely going to make my player pool, four that I'm uh, not so sure about just yet. And one of them is a golfer um, that we you know, are going to have guests, so I'll leave him out. The other seven, uh, Ryan Moore, um, he hasn't been playing his best golf, but um, he has been very good off the tee historically, very good with his irons. He's got a really good course history here. James Hahn just randomly pops. Um, He's two or three at this event. He's cheap. He's got some top 10 upside. Kyle Stanley seems like a good uh, course fit, a guy that's very good with his irons. Chase Seifert um, making five straight cuts, except last week at the team event when he was like 50% on. That was uh, rather annoying, but uh, he's been playing well individually, T3 at the Honda. So if you want to play the Florida uh, narrative, you can do that. And then moving down, Sam Ryder, he also had a top 10 at one of the Florida courses. Pat Perez says he's been grinding on his game they played pretty well at the team event with Jason Kokrak and then Cameron Percy um he's been very good on his irons for a long time now and he's gained strokes off the tee in like seven of his last eight events so um a guy that I was not expecting to be talking about this week
0: yeah I have kind of been following him casually as uh through some of those rounds and uh, been surprised at the way he's been playing lately. So, uh, you know, weird name that feels weird to talk about, but uh, <clears throat> at least somewhat warranted for sure, given his play of late. So, uh, Tambo, some of your favorites in the 6Ks this week.
2: Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, you mentioned, so Chase, Chase Sievert for sure is a guy I like. The FSU guy uh, lives local, been playing some really solid golf. The third at the Honda lines up. So, uh, I think that was one of my more, you know, the one of my favorite plays down there, at least, the one that I was more interested in. Uh, speaking of more, you mentioned him, Ryan Moore. I like that. I've been playing a little Tom Lewis, Richie uh, the, You know, you go with the Wurensky U line thing, and if U lines get in the ownership and Wurensky's the other part of that duo, uh, he can make some stuff happen. Tom Lewis, a grinder, he's down there. Uh, Adam Shank, this guy, I'll, I'll play, you know, Ches Reevey. Some of these guys are coming in okay. I like the rider call that Noto had there. Um, Adam Long, if you want some upside, I don't know. What about Benny on. This guy just. Fell off the map at sixty six hundred cards. You know, there's other guys you can name some of them. But Benny on sixty six hundred, any, any love down there? No, Noto the guy targeting the bad
0: putters. Uh, there you go, Noto.
2: Yeah, what, so, what about that one, Noto? I
1: mean, he's like, let me pull this up real quick. It's bad. He's like ninety fifth or worse off the tee and on approach and putting and around the green. He's like terrible.
0: Other than that, he's great. But you just, <laughs> I, I think you ha- you just described Ali. You didn't describe. Benny. Yeah. It's, it's, been,
1: it's been real bad. He's gained strokes, ball striking once since January.
0: Well, don't look up Keith Mitchell's stats. Cause I don't want to be dissuaded. <laughs> so I'm sure they're just <laughs> as bad.
1: I just can't do yeah. that. Usually I we think, see the ball striking, you know?
2: Yeah. That's the issue. I agree there. That, that does hurt. But the thing is, like I said, you know, there's, there's those guys that I like, I just named a bunch of them, but I just think this area down here, you are going to be taking chances. And if you're everyone's taking the chances on the same 6k guys, it's probably not going to work out too well because that's you know going to get even if it's only eight to ten percent. We always say who cares then, but at the same time, you're going to be backing yourself into a corner of some similar lineup construction. So again, maybe something cards now look at again tomorrow with better ownership projections or more advanced than where we are right now on the week to see how things shake out completely. But uh, I'll, I'll mix and match some guys down here because like I said, if you want to play Dustin Johnson and JT up at the top, and I do not necessarily together, but just saying getting some shares you are likely to have to go down, you know, at least a little bit, but you can live in that lower 7k range too. So I don't hate the idea of just getting off it completely. Uh, Anybody down there for you cards or or guys that stand out?
0: Yeah, we've mentioned a few. I had written up uh, Straka at first, but that is gone because he had the uh, positive COVID test. So he's out. Um, Don't mind. Noto's take on, on Ryan Moore. I think he might be worth... Uh, worth a sprinkle there at uh, 6900 but uh, yeah i'm not going to have a whole lot of the 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 cheap seats this week um i don't know just not finding a whole lot to like down there and we got a whole lot of sub two or three percent on players you know a couple weeks ago i took a shot on doc redmond and he shot about plus 60 so i think i'm out on that for a while uh i can't do benny on right now either maybe perez would be okay but um yeah it's it's slim pickings down here this week so Noto, you got anybody else to add?
1: Uh, No, but I was going to say Keith Mitchell, not terrible. Gained on approach in four of his last nine. Gained off the tee in seven of his last nine. And uh, putting well, too. So he's fine.
0: All right. Uh, We're going to give another uh, little hint here with our guest, the golfer game. Uh, Kind of a quiet chat uh, this week. So don't be afraid take some guesses the golfer that we are going to mention as a potential punt is exactly 6000 on draftkings you don't see that a whole lot not a whole lot of playable golfers at $6000 even so uh, in fact uh, we don't have a single golfer above 6000 that is over 1% projected ownership this week so exactly 6000 go ahead and fire off your guesses and uh, before uh, uh, we see if we have a winner there. Tambo, anybody else uh, you want to mention?
2: I-, I was like looking for more names here as you were talking, and we'll get to that one in a second, obviously. But uh, Nick Watney at 6,100. I just was pulling something up on him. But, yeah, re- pretty good history here, actually. And um, this is going to
0: take me down the rabbit hole. This will be fun. Yeah, go so, ahead.
2: This is just a waste of time just trying no- to come up with names.
0: Noto talked about Watney and Hoffman last week because, you know, Hoffman has been one of the best players not named Speith, on the tour over the last few months. And Watney is like one for 14 making cuts this season. So we talked about him last week uh, and I basically said, I could not be sold on Watney no matter what. And so Noto sent me like three or four messages on Wednesday Uh, Just a few little nuggets, you know, maybe trying to make me consider Watney a little bit. And, you know, basically I said, he'd have to come up with about 20 more. Uh, And lo and behold, it's not Hoffman. That's carrying the team. It's Watney who makes two Eagles on the first day. And then Friday he goes and makes a hole in one. And again, this is the guy that's made one cut in 14 starts and not the guy that's been running red hot lately. And that they didn't do much else. So it didn't really hurt to fade him. But on Friday, I was a little tilted after Watney had made the two (laughs) Eagles and then the ace. Uh, And Hoffman was playing like garbage, you know, by his standards lately. So um, that's my Watney story. Neither here nor there with whether or not he's viable this week. But uh, Noto, did you end up playing any Hoffman Watney last week? You said you only did one lineup.
1: I only did one lineup, so it didn't end up with any. But uh, they finished T11, and you got to think their scoring was pretty good if they had, you know, hole-in-one. I don't –
0: I mean, but Friday the hole-in-one was their only birdie of the – well, they didn't have any birdies. The eagle, (laughs) and then that was it. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where they ended up scoring-wise. But uh, I I couldn't find a whole lot of – they weren't that highly owned. But uh, uh, it was funny when I saw the ace, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. If it was Hoffman, fine. Uh, but the fact that it was Watney was, was a little funny. So I might try um, it out though. If he's, you know, you had that, I actually didn't know about the
2: hole in one. Like I said, I was quite tuned out. So, and then hearing it, he's carrying around Charlie Hoffman a little bit, you know, get around the Hoff, you know, that's going to feel good getting around a guy that's playing some incredible golf right now. And now he comes back to a spot that he's done quite well at 37, 59, 14, 53, four of his last four cuts here. So 6,100, I don't hate it. Uh, The chat did get the answer, but before that, I was going to ask if either of you are going to be interested when we get the uh, assumed email from DraftKings that adds Vasecki, and I'm sure everyone saw the story out there, you know, crying, obviously a huge event in his life, you know, qualifying for this, letting his dad know he made it and everything. He just loved to see stuff like that. Are either of you going to have interest in the motivation factor of him coming in? Because he could very well, very likely will be 6,000 as well, or 6,100 or something. So any thoughts on that?
0: yeah cool story rooting for him uh hope he hope he you know makes the cut and gets himself a nice paycheck but uh i don't know if i'll go there for dfs but uh it was a pretty cool story i wish they'd promote more of these monday qualifier things and uh you know the pga tour could uh get some heartwarming stories that just uh, makes you know makes it pretty easy to root for some of these guys when they're you know not at the top of the pga tour and have it pretty easy like a lot of these guys it's like big money on the line that, uh, that can really help their career take off. So rooting Definitely. for him. Don't think I'm going there though.
2: Noto, any love we see him Monday Q pumps him up quite a bit. We've seen him. I know uh, Sky talks about him a lot as well, right? So Skyhook DFS. What, what are your thoughts? Noto?
1: Yeah. I always love following the Monday Q Twitter account. Uh, a lot of good stuff there, a lot of good stories. Uh, and to see that, I mean, he was just, uh, you know, broke down, finally made it. Uh, And he walked there. He had like a 25 footer that he just sang to do it. Uh, So that was awesome. Um, I'm hoping he pulls like a Rafael Campos and just top tens, like five events in a row and just keeps it going. Um, That'd be
0: awesome, man. I don't
1: think I'll have met any exposure, but I'll definitely be rooting for him.
0: There is only one Rafael Campos uh, that (laughs) can do that every year. And that's Rafael Campos. So, all right. um, What we're going to do here, we had one week uh, and last week where we did not give away a free week of Roto grinders premium. And there were two people that guessed it like right at the same time. So uh, we'll go ahead and give out two winners, executive decision, bill and Kyle. Uh, you can both get a free week of Roto grinders premium. Our producer, Devin will uh, hook you up with uh, how to get in touch with him to, uh, to get access to that good time of year to check out all our premium content. Tambo and I will be back on tomorrow night, breaking down our lineup HQ tools and how we are handling our multi-entry uh, tournament approaches to this tournament so congrats thanks for playing along chase kepka is the 6k golfer of the week uh that uh, hey at 6,000, not a lot of good golfers at the bottom under 7k this week uh obviously he's got the pedigree he's shown some uh some stuff and flashes before so that's the case for chase uh no anything to add on that i'll give you guys both another crack to fire off any last minute thoughts here
1: uh, I actually haven't done a ton of research, but I know he's very good on Bermuda. Um, he's been playing pretty well on the Corn Fairy Tour. So uh, 6K, I'm in.
0: All right. Tambo, anything else?
2: Yeah, love the, the case for Chase call. That was a good one there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, hey, you know, here's the thing. Four out of six made cuts. Only, only six chances on the PGA Tour so far, stroke play events. Four out of six made cuts. It's obviously his home state here in Florida. And he just got T30th at the Honda which is an extremely tough course and you want to bring wind into the factor and all this stuff of what we could see at this course. If he gets through at 6,000, he's absolutely worth a sprinkle when your big brother is a four-time major champion and doing big things. It helps as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of motivation for him and he's shown it already a little bit of moxie on tour. Excited about getting him into some of those DJJT or DJJT type lineups, at least for this week.
0: Yeah. Don't mind that call at all. I will uh, probably keep him in my GPP pool as well. So with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and put a bow on the show and, uh, oh, just of the rhymes. Here the <laughs> can do that again if I tried, but, uh, that's all right. I'm trying in, in an attempt to try to get a third one right before the show ends. I would probably end up stumbling over it. So we'll go ahead and get out of here for uh, this week uh, pulling up the schedule here. We've got, uh, the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. I believe Tambo mentioned that earlier in the show that is next week, uh, in yeah. Charlotte. And then we've got the, uh, AT&T Byron Nelson, uh, the second full week of May. And that is, I believe at a new course, uh, this year. So, uh, that will be an interesting one before we get to the, uh, PGA championship there, the third week of May. So things are going to keep on going. Then before you know it, it'll be us open and uh, open championship time. So, Uh, We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Thanks as always for checking us out. Those of you that watched us live uh, on either Roto Grinders uh, website or on our YouTube channel, or those of you who download it and listen to us later, uh, maybe on your way to work or your way home from work or as you're building lineups on Wednesday or Thursday morning. However you're tuning in, we appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody for Tambo and Noto and our producer, Devin. I am Justin. Have a great week. Take care and good luck. Thank <smart noise> you.